Well, where we're at in the banking situation now? Well, it looks like the Swiss National Bank stepping in on Credit Suisse. We're still looking right now at 25 basis points on the CME Fed tool. We're also looking right now at Oxy, of course. Wouldn't you know it? Warren trying to battle back Money Mitch short out there. He's going in for a little bit more of Oxy. We'll talk a little bit about that. Biden administration, TikTok. We'll get into that action. Dollar General, Adobe. And of course, look out out there, team. Uh, Virgin Orbit Holdings. That's the disaster stock of the day for sure. And there's more could be on the horizon, right? We all need to kind of pay attention to see what happens here. The uncertainty is as high right now as it's at least ever been in my trading career. We're going to pay all attention, get some talk. Of course, you get the Dennis Dick rant. We'll find out how he sees the market today. Great call on that tech yesterday. Let's get into the action. Christian Fromherz here today. Rise and shine, traders. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. We got a nice 40-point range overnight, got up to 47.50, been down to 08. Now trying to go green on the session, down five and a half handles at 39.1950. The buck, it's pulling back a little bit. Big day yesterday, down 13 cents at 104.14. Bonds moving their way up towards that 134. Now got to get through 133. That could signal an ex-Fed pivot. Crewed up 20 cents after getting shellacked yesterday, trying to find a home in the 67 handle, up 18 cents at 67.79. Gold certainly holding on to its gains up a buck at 19.32.30. Silver back over 22, that's up 27.8 cents at 22.16. And Bitcoin futures, they're hanging in at 25K, up $405 today, 24,895 triple D. Grab that crystal ball from under your desk. And uh, what's it, what's it saying today? Uh-huh. More, more tech, more tech, more tech. Yeah. I mean, this market is just fleeing into what it feels like is safe. It's looking at companies with very little or no debt that make a lot of money. What is that? That's tech because you've got other companies that make a lot of money, but they use a lot of debt to do it. So the playbook, if we go back, and I've got to like, you know, you keep remembering back to 15 years ago in financial crisis now, Joel, man, we're getting older, 15 years ago when we were trading this, 2007, 2008. But the playbook back then was one, don't own any banks. Two, watch out for the debt. You don't want to own companies that have huge amounts of debt because if lending gets tighter because you go into a financial crisis, that is what will happen. That is not good for companies that need to borrow to make money. So during the financial crisis, you saw the banks get murdered. You saw companies with debt 
get hit really hard as well. Now, again, we came out of it, you know, and, and the Fed came to the rescue back then, obviously threw more money at the problem. And then we've had 15 years of pretty good times here. We are now in the thick of a potential financial crisis part two. I mean, and that is just with these banks. I do believe this one can be fixed quickly because I think it's just about lowering rates. Mm -hmm. But if it gets tough enough, they will do that. But I mean, it all depends on, you know, that the Fed is playing wait and see here right now. They don't want to come and just give up their battle on inflation just like that because they know they haven't beat inflation whatsoever. Uh, But they definitely got to keep an eye on this banking situation. If we start losing more banks, if the FDIC has to come in and take over more banks, the Fed's not going to have any choice. They're going to have to come in and lower rates, not even like like a full pivot. That's what would happen if we start to continue to lose banks. They're hoping we're, we're like done here, but now you're seeing FRC problems. They're talking, Bloomberg's talking about a potential bailout for this bank. It's down 29% here this morning. PACW, which I have a piece of, and I wish I didn't at this point in time. It's right back to where I bought it two days later at down 15%. I mean, this is ugly. The Fed is in a very, very, very tough spot here. They know that inflation is still sticky. They know they haven't beaten inflation, but they're looking at this and saying, man, if you know these banks can't handle the higher rates here in the short term, we're going to have no choice but to stop raising and potentially you know, lower. So it all depends on how ugly it gets with the Fed's next move. But in that environment, what sneaky wins is probably debt-free tax. So that's why yesterday I was talking, you know, about the Microsofts, just short-term trading. And, you know, and it worked out really well for me yesterday, talking about like Meta breaking uh-huh. out. So these stocks were all trading down just as much as the market. And I was feeling like that eventually these could lead us out. And they did. The problem is if we start losing banks, everything will start to roll over. So it's hard to get long these stocks here and say, yeah, this is going to continue to go up because that's not the recipe. If we really start to get ugly, it all starts going down. So... I think you got to read the register in some of this stuff. I just think we're so far from being out of the woods here now. It's such a it's such a uh, a rotation of rotations here, but uh, you know one part of the rotation is is very unstable, and that you know that yeah. so that just you know creates you know nonstop selling. We have to bring up the S word. We don't like to stagflation. Well, we got we got the uh, we definitely got the high inflation, the unemployment situation. Up to this point looks okay, but we know what a lagging indicator that is. So that was one thing that kind of you know kept me out of the woods on the recession slash stagflation was the employment situation. And I mean, this seems like it has to go up with what Meta's been doing. I mean, just seems that you hear about layoffs after layoffs after layoffs. So when will that actually be reflected in the data? Uh, we don't know, but. Uh, Overall, I mean, besides you know the the banking crisis going on, I mean, we haven't you know, the the positive thing is we haven't taken out uh, the low of the move yet, and uh, that was made on Monday. Yep, yep that's good. Coming into quad witch expiration, so anything can happen. But uh, the more we can stay ahead ahead of Monday's low, like I'm not looking at really any other lows under that because I think if Monday's low is taken out, I think it's going to be hard to stop the momentum to the downside. Yeah, I think we were talking about it, right? Uh, the Fed is just stuck here. Um, they they have to probably step in if they need to come and save the banks. But like always, what will happen with inflation then? 
And I mean, their only attempt really was to kind of break uh, the demand and kind of bring unemployment higher. If they can't bring unemployment higher, will inflation just spike again? Because if it starts to spike again, like actually move higher, higher, like we're going back to 8% uh, CPI, what happens then? That's where my concern really comes in. I don't think we're going to just see it fly. But I think what is going to happen is the Fed is going to start becoming more accepting of a higher rate for the foreseeable future. So they keep talking about 2%, 2%, 2%. I think those days are gone for a long time. I think... And the worst case for everyone would be the Fed say, well, you know, 2% is unattainable, so we're going to just shoot for four now, you know, and they start bringing up their targets. I mean, this is the scenario that we're going to get into if the financial crisis that is brewing here accelerates. And this financial crisis has been caused by the Fed. That was the difference. And and if we go back and you can say, again, you can say, oh, Silicon Valley Bank should have been buying mortgages, but... I mean, if the rates wouldn't have went up, they wouldn't have been in any problems at all. So again, this was caused by the Fed and it can be uncaused by the Fed. That's why this one is not going to be as bad as we were in 2007 and 2008. Because in 2007, 2008, the Fed didn't cause that. You can say indirectly they did because, again, it was rising interest rates that were hitting a little bit. But it was just ridiculously bad lending, derivative products, you know, giving mortgages to, you know, tomato pickers who make... $13 $13 an hour. They're going to have Why do you, why do you, use, why do you go to tomato pickers? Because that was in the big short. It was in the book. Okay. Okay. It was I from the book. So okay. it was the tomato picker and the, and, and the exotic dancer that owned like eight houses, you know, like it just, and again, it was just ridiculously bad lending a little bit of this again, but it's more so this is just like bad investing by the banks, you know, giving out these mortgages and maybe the rates were just too low. But, you know, you give a 30-year mortgage at 3%, I mean, rates go up, you're going to pay for that. And I think there's, you know, it's a lot of bad mortgages on a lot of these regional banks' books. Again, the majors diversified, so they're in better shape. But you look at the charts of Bank America, they don't look great either. I mean, we can say we can hide out in the majors. It's not fun in Bank America to lose 17% in six trading sessions. And that's what it has done. It was $34.00. One, two, three, four, seven sessions ago. It is $28 here this morning. So, I mean, yeah, you could say, yeah, it's safe in the majors, but JP Morgan's breaking down here now. Yep. Goldman Sachs is breaking down. Morgan, Wells Fargo does not look great. Citigroup does not look great. I do have hedged uh, positions in some of these uh, pair trades and my day trading account. But, um, I mean, there is some issues here. And yes, Credit Suisse looks like they get the bailout, looks like they're fine for now. But until they need more money again, you know, until they need the money the next time. Yeah. So, I mean, we can keep throwing good money at bad money here. And that's maybe what the Fed's going to have to start doing here again, which is scary when you're trying to fight inflation. I think one thing that you, you, you're leaving out of the scenario, and I understand, you know, I can you can say what you want about the Fed from, uh, you know, the what's gone over the last couple of years. But I yeah. think that they they dealt with a, uh, a genera- generational thing with uh, the with the pandemic. And that was a shock not only to the to the world, you know, to the banking systems. They had uh, they had to open up the floodgates and, and they did. And I don't I mean, when the history book is written. You know, on this Fed here, I mean, I think one thing that you have to take into account is, you know, where would they have been? What would we'll never know what the monetary policy would have been 
if we wouldn't have had to deal with the, the pandemic. Unfortunately, we have, and we're seeing, the, I think we're still seeing the repercussions of it in a lot of ways, and it's going to take a while to fare it out. But um, that's one thing. I mean, you know, you could, you could pound Paul and the Fed for whatever they did, but, you know, if you were in the driver's seat, you know, when, you know, during the pandemic and, you know, the, the money and, you know, the emergency uh, rate cuts and everything, it's, it's, it's a, it's really, it's a really unusual situation. I mean, it's just scary. It's not even on, it's an unusual situation, but we're in a scary scary situation here. And this is why, and Mitch, you brought this point up to me on the pre-pre-market show. I mean, it's a great trading environment. My trading is actually doing better than it was in the last two months because the volatility and the VIX has picked up and there's been some really good opportunities. But the investing environment here is very scary and very difficult. And again, just to even show, you know, like me and Joel, we buy the FRC, PACW that day. We got a 50% on these things like overnight. Probably should have taken the gains because boom, they're already back down to where they bought them. So it's like, yeah, trade out of that thing. You had a good call on it, but get out as quick as you can or the market takes the gains from you. Um, You know, same thing with Oxy. I mean, we can go into the Buffett, but, you know, got the Buffett pop when he bought a week and a half ago. And uh-huh. it just starts leaking here again. And we can keep saying, what's wrong with oil? Why is oil going down? Well, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, it appears that we are going to go into a recession, which may be caused by a financial crisis, which is not going to be just going to be a lot worse than what we originally thought. And then second thing is what I was saying already. If the banks are having trouble, you got to watch companies that have a lot of, of debt. And the oil companies are full of debt. That's how they operate. So there's a lot of unknowns here. Again. When there's unknowns, it seems like they fly into the apples and the Microsofts and the Metas. That's what I called yesterday morning. I think that continues here this morning. I mean, Meta, we can bring it over to this too, which with a good news story here is Meta's trading up $2.85 oh, on a potential TikTok ban. We've heard let's, this how many times. Let's, let's, let's first go through the Oxy first so that everyone sure. can know exactly. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway added its holdings, Occidental Petroleum, bringing its total stake of the oil company to around 23.1%. The company bought 7.9 million Oxy shares for about 466.68 million between March 13th and March 15th at prices in the range of 56.66 and 61.29. Uh, so that's uh, Berkshire Hathaway um, with Oxy, of course. And I was able to take some profit yesterday. We'll see. We'll see, guys. I'll tell you right Are now. Are you still I'm, in the trade? Yeah, I'm still in the trade. I took pretty good profits towards 56 yesterday. Um, so that was like over 5% winner on that Oxy. It, um, and I still got a little bit of Chevron too, but I've been taking like profits on the way down. That's the way looks, I like to do a lot of the time. It looks good for you right now, Mitch, for the simple reason it's not even getting much of a Warren pop here. I mean, he's yeah. already bought it a couple of times. It'll be eventually, even if he buys more tonight, which I think he could, it'll become numb to it eventually. So mm-hmm. it's not like a new position. So it's getting a 1% pop, a little better than a 1% pop because you got to look at the XLE trading down. So it's about a 1.5% pop. I know people don't like looking at it that way. That's why I look at I have Oxy long XLE short. So that's just how mm-hmm. I'm approaching it. So I'm just making the difference on the spread. So right now on this pair trade, I'm up 0.95%, 1% on the OXY. And I'm down, or I'm up 0.5%. So overnight here, I'm up 1.5%. I mean, I've been hedging, trying to hedge as much as I can. I do have a little bit of unhedged oxy in my long-term portfolio. I don't hedge in my long-term portfolio. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, again, you got to own something, right? I mean, 
we can go to a point. I guess we don't have to. We could just liquidate. <laughs> yeah. I said that before. I joked that, and I joked about this. If we got the four twenty really? or four ten on spy, I was going to sell everything, go one hundred percent cash. Man, that would have been a good call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the situation that we're currently in. But you know, I'm sitting at like fifty five or fifty seven percent cash yeah. or something like that in the long term portfolio, and I'm fairly comfortable there. I'm. I'm. There's so many unknowns. You know, you, you eventually want to put that to work, but I just don't know how I justify the risk right now. And I'm getting, you know, 4.95% to wait, so which isn't bad either. Now, again, from the trading perspective, it's a completely different animal. This is a decent environment to trade in, but you've got to trade it carefully. You know, just flat out buying this or, or selling that. And this is why, you know, we had, you know, Trade Zero on talking about different ways, you know, like different companies that actually give you the ability to short stocks. And, and obviously, you know, and it's not just, you know, like we go Robin Hood. It's like, I got to buy the long ETFs, the, the, the inverse buy ETFs. Buy puts, to be forced out. to buy options. Buy puts and different yeah. things. Like, I think if, if you're a trader, if you're a long-term investor, not talking to you. You're a long-term investor, you do your thing. If you're a trader, you've got to have the ability to be able to make money in down markets. You've got to have the ability to go both ways. And, you know, people think, oh, evil shorts, you know, and that's the, you know, the Reddit, <laughs> you know narrative there it keeps prices efficient is what shorting does there's nothing evil about it it keeps it efficient so i mean i've made my living by trading market neutral what does that mean equal longs equal shorts like even with oxy i'm making a call that buffett you know is going to buy some more but i'm scared you know to a certain extent so i'm hedging it because i can see what mitch is looking at i can see you know the technicals breaking down on oil but so far so good because oxy has actually held up much better than the XLE. And that's probably Warren Buffett doing that. If we look at the XLE, look at where yeah, it was. Yeah, I just want to go into this Buffett thing here on Oxy because sure. it hasn't always <laughs> been, <laughs> it always hasn't been, uh, you know, peaches and keen for him on this one. He's been battling with this stock for a long time. And he was he was in this stock in 19 when they bought Anadarko. And he, and I remember, prefers it like 40, 50 bucks. I don't know what he did between 10 and 20. I know he started buying it on the way up too. But, I mean, he he was stuck in this one big time when, uh, you know, during, you know, especially during COVID. I don't know what he bought down there. But, I mean, as of late, you know, during the run of last year, we saw, oh, he's buying it. It goes up. It's going up. It's going up. But, I mean, his, you know, obviously he has intentions of taking over the company or else he wouldn't be buying. You know, it just depends at what price. But this has been, I'd love to see his actual, you know, P&L on that. Because I definitely remember, I mean, that thing was 50, 60 bucks when they did that Anadarko deal. And that thing went down to, you know, what, 10 bucks during the, uh, during COVID. So it's been a long struggle. And, you know, we weren't, we weren't bullish, like, I, uh, on the way up so much with oil, I'm not going to try and be uh, bullish on the way down. I just think it's just a, you know, just a, just a trade that, you know, that I missed. And I don't know. It seems to me like it had its run and now it, it's reversed and now it's it coming down and crude is coming down too. So I don't, I mean, Mr. Buffett, hell of a lot smarter than me, hell of a lot richer than me. I just don't, I just don't see what he's doing here and, or what I think his long-term plan is to take over the company. But I think who knows what price, but at what price, right? I think exactly. he's just slowly bringing it in right here. Why? So here's a question to you. Why would you put a big premium and take over Oxy when you can sit here in the open market and just continue to buy yeah. it? He's, like yep. way better. Why pay 75 when you can pay 57? He's accumulated 
for the last six months, 57 to 60. Mm -hmm. He's accumulated 25% of the company. Think about how much money he's saving Berkshire Hathaway. It isn't his intention to like take it over and then flip it or whatever. It's in, if it's his intention, it's his intention to like own the company. So, I mean, I think he continues to do it. We can clearly see, and we're getting some chop here in the S&P, but we can clearly see, I just want to go back and teach a little bit about market neutral trading. So look okay. at where XLE was on the low on February the 2nd was 82.79. Look at OXY, the low on that same day was 57.96. So OXY from that period, that low is down 1%. XLE in that same time frame has went from 82 to 77, which is down about 6%. So there's a 5% difference there. So you can say, oh, XY, you ain't making money with it. Well, you are if you're hedged because the XLE is much weaker relative to the OXY. Why is that? It's 100% Warren Buffett. I mean, you can look at all the other oil stocks that down significantly from those lows. OXY is barely down because Warren is put, trying to put a floor in here on the stock. So, you know, just looking... And this is something Rob Friesen, you know, has taught us for years. And, you know, you have Rob on your show sometimes too, Joel. I mean, from Bright Trading. I mean, I've traded this way for the better part of 20 years, market neutral. And it's because when you make a good call and saying, I'm going with Warren, it sucks when the whole market crashes and burns on you and you don't make money. But when you get that XLE part short against it, Doesn't well, hurt. you're still making money. Yeah. So on this trade, as I've been long, you know, basically in my trading account, OXY long, XLE short, pretty much every night I put it on again. I'm slowly making that money. You know, OXY is staying stable, but as XLE is going down, I'm making that money and I'm slowly making that money. And it just continues to come in to the tune of like 1.5% here today. Like you can look at OXY. Oh, you're only making 0.85. No, you're not because I'm short XLE and it's down 0.85. So I'm making 1.7 on that trade. So you see how I just enhanced the trading by just trading at market neutral and bringing out that market risk. So lots of different ways to trade, but you got to have the ability to short stocks and ETFs to be able to do that. You got to have that. You got to have the buying power to do. Got to be too. able to go both ways, and you have to have the, the buying power too, which is somewhat of an issue. Again, if you're trying to you know make a living on a fifty thousand dollar account, it's really hard to do. I mean, yeah. you're gonna make fifty thousand, make a hundred percent of your capital a year. Some traders can do it. I mean, I almost did it last year, but I mean, you're still like, it's challenging to do that again and again and again, you know, mm -hmm. and again, you're not growing your account. If you're living on that, you're going to keep the 50, then you got to take out the 50 to pay your bills. And then, you know, you got, it's hard to live on 50,000 anymore too. Yeah. Um, I was just using as an old example, but it, it's difficult. So, you know, that's why, you know, I went prop for so many years because I didn't have the independent wealth to be able to do it. So, for, you know, using, Bright Trading Price Capital yep. is really how I was able to do it. And I mean, Bright Trading has, you know, other things now, you know, which, you know, Rob's trying to get these programs up and running where they offer capital to retail traders as well, which, you know, if you're interested in that, you can reach out. But I mean, that's a whole nother story. But just bringing it back here to the markets, though, I'm just trying to say in this environment, market neutral is more important than ever. When the stocks are going straight up, market neutral actually kind of hurts you because you're just long and you're getting bonus money in the stocks and everybody's getting rich in 2020. And it's like, who cares? Just buy the stock. You buy this stock. You throw darts at a dartboard. You randomly buy a stock and it's going to go up. This that's, is not that's that a, environment that's not, the, that's not the this norm. Is, this is real. This, this is, is what norm. is norm. Yep. Is markets oscillating and choppy. This 10 years we had this real bull market is not that normal to just go up straight in a straight line. That's not normal markets. 
We uh, we got some 830 numbers. I don't know if there are no big ones. Someone asked if we had PPI. There's no PPI, you know, building permits and housing starts, uh, Philly Fed, import, export. I mean, these are all, you know, they're, they're all numbers, initial jobless claims, but you know, really the only thing that matters right now is, is, uh, is, is the banks and, and inflation. But uh, Dennis, I don't know if you're going to want to go wide on that at all. We're flat. The bulls and the bears are squaring off here uh, in the S and P's were unchanged. Uh, another thing we got to keep in mind of uh, that's heightening volatility a little bit. We do have uh, the quad, witch. Uh, coming up tomorrow yeah, so that adds a little bit things a lot of times that can signal mm -hmm. turning points in the market for the next three or four months and hoping that that low that we made uh on monday which is was a new low for the year it was a new low for the year by 10 11 you know handles we're 90 handles above that i mean that's you know it, bulls are, are just hanging on that i, I don't care about really any other level on the downside we breached that level then I don't thirty eight hundred. Wow, close enough is what we did. Thirty five hundred was the the big low that uh, we had in October. Uh, on the upside too, and I just want to point this out. Uh, we just like uh, someone was asking you about the four thousand level. Uh, I'll just do it for the spy, and I know we're a ways away here trading at three eighty nine. But uh, this these two highs in the spy here, right in uh, at uh, three ninety three. That's so critical. Because, you know, you had that February high and then you came down and you missed it by so much. Now you have another break and you're not you're not even kissing near the high of the move. So uh, it would if you look at the S&Ps, it's just right here. You got like almost a quad top because you incorporate the uh, the 24 hour session. We'll call that thirty nine seventy. So. Until whatever way we decide to go, break out above 3970. I'm not worried about 4000. And then you gave my number uh, on the downside. And that would be Monday's low. SP is trying to go green here. Uh, before uh, the numbers, Dennis, do you get a wanna? You gonna want to uh, bolt out for these numbers, or you wait and see what happens? Um, I'll start, try to stick with you. I think the numbers again are a lot more meaningless now. I mean, I think if you get any pops into them, I think they're selling opportunities. Again, we're seeing separation here, though, so I'm inclined to buy dips on tech. I'm inclined to sell rips on everything else. It's like the growth trade is back cool again, and the value trade is not. And it, the reasons really for that back? is it's 100% debt. I mean, just looking at what these companies are, a lot of these value companies are full of debt. Yeah, Kathy, I mean, she, did, she had, had a green day yesterday. I wouldn't. So that's a great day yesterday. A great day considering what happened yesterday. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you had stocks like Nucor. Look at Nucor yesterday. Bring that one up, Mitch. It was down 11 bucks. I got it, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're talking a stock, you know, falling, you know, 7 8% yesterday. A good company with a low PE, but you know what? Yeah. Full of debt, man. Got to be careful with those companies right now. Caterpillar, reason that this is actually, you no, know, obviously, it looks like I'm going to end up being right on the Caterpillar. I didn't think it was going to take a financial crisis to do it. <laughs> but, I mean, the PE on Cat is low. It's It looks attractive, but it's full of debt. And if we're going into a recession... There's gonna be a lot less people buying huge, far, huge equipment, farm equipment nope. too for deer. But you know, huge machinery. Like, I think that trade slows down. 
So I don't think it's a matter of like, like we were saying, recession in the back half. I think recession's coming here, man. And it's going to yeah. be unless you know the Fed really hits hard, pivots, and the banks, you know, get out of this, and we just forget the inflation. So there's two scenarios that they have to do an emergency rate cut to save the banks, and then that just propels the whole next, you know, free money rain, you know, like which could happen too. But I think there'll be a tight leash on that, even if they do an emergency rate cut. They're the banks out of trouble, and then they'll start raising again. So, I mean, even if you get a little reprieve, it doesn't mean that they're done because this fight on inflation is far from over. Okay, we are approaching the uh, about 40. I finally found some. Look at my bottom right corner here. Uh, 30, 35 seconds until that number. Uh, uh, S&P's just showing a little bit of green here. Pre-market high, that comes in at uh, 39.4750. That's about 20 handles away. On the downside, your pre-market low comes in at uh, 39.80. Oh, yeah, right. those are going wide already here. I'm going to go on mute, but I'm going to okay. try. Initial okay. jobless claims is uh, the consensus is 205,000 prior 211,000. Will we go lower or will we go higher? We'll find out here. You also get Philly Fed manufacturing, building permits, um, a lot of numbers coming in. Let's just say there's you like eight or ten numbers permits coming is in. It's going to be weak. Okay. Just just chopping around uh, unchanged here. Little initial move. Oh, really flat. Little move to the sellers kind of coming in here. Trying to distance itself from that closing price of uh, building permits actually coming in hot there. Uh, 1.52 million versus 1.34 million expected. So over that on the building permits, U.S. housing starts 1.45 million versus 1.31 million expected. Initial jobless claims 192,000 versus a 205 estimate. Jobless claims still going down. This is where it gets confusing, team. We hear nothing but consistent of layoffs, layoffs, layoffs. They don't show up in jobless numbers. Still the battle of unchanged here, going green just a tad. Uh, I mean, one thing about the jobs, too, it's it's the way, you know, wages, you know, wages are sticky. So, um, but uh, it's just a battle here. We haven't really moved away unchanged. So if you're trying to use the clothes to take positions, you're going to be uh, racking up commissions. The bulls want to try to establish a bid here over the closing price. And it's just, it's just a battle. I don't think I've seen this trade around unchanged this much in a while. Um, if the S&Ps aren't moving like this, I don't expect the stocks to be moving a whole lot. I don't even see the stocks taking. They're like, no, they're trying they're to decide what to and, do. Again, these numbers are all starting to become more meaningless right now. They're going to be meaningful again. And, but the, the, the path that the Fed is going to take isn't going to be dictated by inflation data right now. The path the Fed is going to take is going to be dictated by what the next thing is happening in the banking crisis. It has trumped all. So the Fed, yes, they're looking at the data. And yes, they're going to obviously you know, say, hey, you know, we want to you know, tackle inflation as much as we can. But it's not the top priority anymore. Top priority is making sure that the banking system is sound. So everything has changed overnight. Everything has changed. And that's why this data, that's why we said yesterday with the CPI or two days ago with the CPI. It was yesterday. I'm losing track of days here, Mitch. Um, I know. I think this feels Isn't like funny? We're gonna, the, the week should ago. be over. Huh? Two days ago, the 14th, man. Yeah, yeah I'm ready for the ago. week to be over. But we said that number was probably meaningless. <laughs> and it was. And we chopped around. And we had a nice little rally on it. And that rally was quickly faded. 
because yeah, there is yeah, bigger fish right. to fry for the fact. Bigger uncertainty, so, right? Yeah. No one cares Steve Grosso said right it now. on, you know, and a lot of people just, you know, talk, and we love Tim Seymour, you know, lots of people. Steve Grosso's been spot on on Fast Money lately, you know, and I yeah. retweet Grosso a lot because he's really in tune here. And maybe it's because, you know, he's been on the floor, you know, he's been through the financial crisis, he sees that, and he's like, this data just doesn't matter right now. And he's exactly right. It's 100% correct. Steve, you're 100% correct. It's all about the next bank, the next failure. Is it coming? Is FRC, which is down 28% here today, is this going to become an FDIC bank? Because if it is, that's creating a lot more problems. They can't just keep taking them all over, Joel. They can't take over the entire regional banking sector. So, I mean, there is a lot bigger fish to fry than worrying about inflation at this does point. Does he follow time. you? De does Grassel follow you, Dennis, or no? I don't think he does. Tim does. Like, we have Tim on the yeah, show. Like, Grassel's never giving me a follow. He tweets he with me all the time. So I do tweet back and forth. And he no love. Back Come at on, Grassel. He knows me and likes me because I always, I always retweet him. But you know what? Does, throw him, give me throw a follow. Grassel, invite, give Dennis. me a follow. <laughs> throw him an invite because, uh, you know, he might have a. a I don't know a, if Grasso. I think he's probably got an. Yeah, uh, CNBC, CNBC prohibits certain so, people. So, yeah, from so behind the scenes, so there's on, certain so. people who go on CNBC that have like CNBC has exclusive rights to those. They say you can't go on the pre market. You can't go on. We have definitely on coming on. These guys are too good, man. Yeah, Tim, Tim's allowed to come on our show. Who we have? We've had we lots of should... those people from Mad Money. Josh Brown's been on the show multiple times. We haven't had Josh in a long time. He's great. Um, Tim. But anyways, yeah, some people you just can't get. Like CNBC won't allow it. All We're not right. getting. Who I miss? I miss that. We're not getting David Faber anytime soon. I miss that one guy. Um, what was his name? Uh, Wilfred. Remember, he was. Uh, um, oh, doing... he was awesome. Yeah, Wilfred. Yeah, He's Wilfred. What Frost. was his last name? Wilfred Frost. Yeah, yeah, he went. Wilfred back. was fantastic. I he went Wilfred. across the pond. Yeah. Yeah, he I went... know he's gone. It's too bad. And then they were trying, and we had Shep on there for a while, and that didn't work out. And you know, and now we got Sully. I like Brian Sullivan. He's got the seven o'clock show now. They're trying with him. You know, who'd you say, Shep? Yeah, I remember Shep. They had well, the show, the news with Shep, CNBC. Oh, and they paid him like all the money. Oh, yeah, like twelve million dollars a year or something crazy, and it just did not work out at all. And then oh, they ended I up having to that. stop I the show that. and let him go. Oh. I'm sure they're still paying him. So now they're trying because you know what? You watch stocks. You don't want the news on CNBC. You don't want like all the news you want financial markets is that what you want they've kind of figured that out they start getting away from that and then you know people would rather go watch cnn or watch you know if they're watching major news they're gonna watch another network maybe it's not CNN, you know what they but... don't have they don't have christian from hertz no that i know don't. we do let's so let's go. bring them on here <laughs> Alarm, Christian Fomhurst. What's going on, Christian? You guys are funny. <laughs> Good we morning, guys. How you doing? <laughs> Happy March Madness, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah, got your madness, ready? all right. I was talking about the market. I wasn't talking about the bet. <laughs> I know Joel's got his brackets, Christian. You know what, you know. Dennis? I haven't done one bracket yet. You're not doing a bracket? I'm good. Well, you know what? Michigan is not in the tournament for the first time since 2015. So you're done and, with it. And so, like, when I when I bring up, you know, like, I, my hands start shaking every time because I always take it. So, I don't – I'm – after after the open, after everything settles down, I'm going to do some brackets. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Purdue. I'm going to go with my heart. I like that seven-foot-five guy, the Yao Ming of the uh, NCAA. And it's such a wide-open field, Christian. Do you have anybody you like? Well, I'm with you. I, I, I'm, 
you know, a Rutgers guy, and they didn't make it either. And, and in fact, they lost in the in the first round of the NIT. So, um, but I, you know, same thing. I'm just kind of rooting for a good tournament. There's always good games. Fun so I'm excited just to watch the the you know the games and the competitiveness, which is always what's kind of fun about the tournament. What are you making it? All right, so let's get to the markets here. Let's get to the real March madness here. Quad witch expiration coming up. I mean, tech. I mean, the can this is tech gonna rescue the market like it did, like it took us down in uh 22? What you feeling on that? Well, it's interesting, and 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 you guys cover so many of the do such a great job at covering you know what's moving and and some of the angles that are being played here, but you know just to kind of look at some of the observations that we've seen, I mean, this banking situation that we've got, it seems to be doing the Fed's job right now. I mean, I don't, you know, just to kind of put like a little bit of a positive spin on it. And of course, there's a lot of negatives right now. I mean, and we've got to get through this. And, you know, you guys have talked about the uncertainty and and this has got to play out with the banks. And we can't, you know, one bank is one or two banks are, are, you know, bad banks are one thing. But when it starts spilling over to now, you know, multiple banks, it's going to take, you know, just as you guys are saying, it's going to take time for this to work out. But on the flip side, I mean, we were looking at before, you know, the Fed raising interest rates, you know, for another three or four months, you know, perhaps that this is really doing some of the the um, the work for the Fed. And, you know, maybe this will kind of speed up the process a little bit of of the tightening. And, you know, that could be over with. I mean, we don't know. I mean, we've got the ECB. So definitely watching what they say. And, you know, maybe they're going to kind of um, uh, you know, give the Fed, you know, I don't want to say bail out the Fed in terms of what the hard things that they have to say, but it's going to be very interesting what kind of comments I think come out of the, the ECB 915 and, and what their view is, because they've been adamant about, you know, raising interest rates. So um, going back to your question, which is a really, sorry, long-winded answer, That's but, okay. but, but there's a lot going on. I mean, I, one thing that I think is kind of interesting too, is like, are some of the, the tech stocks and growth stocks going up? Is that deflate, you know, are we back almost in a deflationary environment rather than inflation? Um, so I think that that's kind of could be at play for a little bit. And, you know, I know you guys already talked about the, the move in crude, but also the move in copper, right? All of these things coming down seem to be, you know, demand orientated. And that's kind of what the Fed wanted to do for a while. They wanted to get demand down. So mm-hmm. I think those things are coming down and it could be speeding up the timeline. Of course, you just have to worry about this uncertainty and it and it's never a good environment when you have the banks, you know, doing what they're doing and struggling and um, the volatility and, the, and what's going on in the bond market too. So all of these things need to kind of settle down. But provided that they do, you know, maybe you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel once this does settle down. It's, Could it's you just expand the, on? Uh, it's the, a light the, at the, the end the, of the tunnel for tech. Like I think, like we've really been beaten up on a lot of the tech stocks. And yep. again, you, I keep seeing this, and I keep saying it and repeating it because it's working. It's like even this morning, we're starting to see some other stocks go down. But look, QQQ is trying to hold up here again. I mean, the relative strength, and you're a relative strength guy, Christian. What are you seeing in tech? Because all I'm seeing is I'm seeing buyers on all the dips in these tech stocks right now. Yeah, the same. I mean, the same thing. I'm I'm open to kind of where I, I I wasn't for a while. I'm open to kind of looking at some of these growth names, and I, I still like the semiconductors. You know, they've been speaking of relative strength. They they've been holding up very well. Um, I went long some AMD yesterday. I've kind of been in and out of that name uh, this week because it's just tough. It's really tough to 
swing trade right now. Uh, you know, you made an, uh, another good point too, talking about, you know, your trading is doing very well. Like this is a day traders market right now until things settle down, right? You got the volatility, you know, the VIX right now is hanging around at 27. So, you know, take what the market's giving you, um, which is really good day trading opportunities. Swing trading opportunities may come when things settle down. But yeah, I mean, if, if you're strictly like a growth stock guy, you have to be kind of liking what how this market has been kind of turning into some of the growth stocks that are, you know, looking pretty decent and holding their own in a tough market. Joel, you on mute? No, no, uh, no, no, no. I just, yeah, I was going to let you go. Cause you were trying to talk. Before, okay. Sorry. The, um, you said, you know, the move, you know, in the tech is yep. deflationary. I just wanted you to expound on that. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, I'm just kind of like the things that I that I normally notice, right? When you see that you guys mentioned like ARC was up yesterday and the innovation stocks, yeah. right? Normally when those things go up, it's it's normally, <laughs> you know, a deflationary environment. So again, you know, just a couple of days it's, of that outperformance, it's tough to really, I don't really want to make a conclusion that, that it's a deflationary environment, but I'm just kind of, I try to just make observations and say, oh, huh, that's interesting. You know, all of the, um, you know, like you guys just mentioned, the steel stocks, the industrials, which were so hot, right? All of those stocks are going down. The energy stocks are going down. So that to me is a, is a big shift. And, and we'll see if that shift is, is here to stay. And I think um, we've got to get through the, the central bank meetings to kind of see if that could be more than just a couple day trend. And if that's where this market's going to take us. But um so I, I, I like the, you know, I'm open to those groups. And, and of course, this, you know, the semiconductors continue to look pretty good and I think can be bought on dips. I think what just about- we're, we're back to this environment here where, I, again, interest rates, you know, are going up, 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 up. And I think what you're seeing with the, the tech stocks and with ARKK, and it's a great point you're making on commodity deflation because we haven't been talking about that on this show, and it is happening here. And that is not even you know about you know disinflation. That's pure deflation when you're seeing oil come down. So we I mean, just taking another we, leg down here. Do we got uh, we got some news? We got some breaking news here. We just talked FRC about here. falling hard here too right now. Yep, everything. Just another news dump oh, here. Yeah, we got ECB told ministers. Tuesday, some EU banks could be vulnerable. So there you go. So, you know, and that's that's exactly you know to kind of hit upon that point. We you know this whole thing with this banking, you you know, there's so many people that that are making predictions like, oh, this bank, you know, these banks should be okay or what. I mean, I don't know how these how you know people decide that and make those types of predictions. It's it, you know you just don't know. There's too many market forces out there. And there could be one headline one day and another headline another, you know, another day. So I, I just don't get how people are making um, predictions about, oh, the, the bank should be fine. <laughs> I think, you know, we don't know because yeah, we don't know because it is a it, it's a confidence game. And, it, you know, the overall stock market is a confidence game. The if the banking market, you know, that that is also um, it's a confidence game. So, you know, until you kind of and again, that takes time, like what we've seen over the last week, it, it's not going to be healed in, in you know, a couple of days. You really have to build that confidence back up. So, um, you know, I, I just I think it's funny that people just love to make predictions, you know, about <laughs> whether it's what fun. They, yeah, well, yeah, I predictions guess. are fun. And I mean, <laughs> the problem is out there, the analysts. It's their job to make predictions, so they don't really have a choice. I mean, it's a crappy job because as traders, 
we don't have to predict. We can kind of trade what we're seeing. Right. Um, an analyst, unfortunately, that's their job to call the market 12 months out. And that Oof. is an impossible job. 12 minutes. Christian. It's it's an impossible job in normal markets. And, you know, and then you throw the, these curveballs and stuff, you know, with, you know, what's happening here today and good luck. And it's why you're not seeing a lot of analyst action even here right now, because I'm sure there's some research notes sitting on some desks. And there's probably some people holding those notes saying right now, it's like, I'm not putting this buy rating out here on this stock right now. I don't care how good the fundamentals of the company look right now. Look at what's happened in the macro environment. So there's like a lot of notes even on hold. But, you know, the prediction business is a very, very difficult game. But I think, um, you know, that they don't have a choice. These analysts don't have a choice. Yeah. And I mean, it's that's also a great uh, point, too, is that, you know, as a trader, as an investor, you don't you don't have to do that. You know, no. you can kind of you can be patient. You know, and that's something, you know, we're hearing that word a lot. I mentioned it in my end of day video yesterday, probably like five times. I'm like, hey, just just let this play out a little bit. You know, wait for your pitch. Um, you know, wait for things. I mean, one of the things that we've seen now for over a month is declining breath. I mean, the institutions are just not coming in and really taking any big swings here. You know, and you could see that every day by the advancers versus decliners, right? That needs to change. So, you know, if you're kind of sitting back and, and you're, and you're um, have a large cash, cash position, it's a great it, I think it's a great position to be in. Let these things kind of play out a little bit. Wait for the institutions to come back in and you might find some really good opportunities. In the meantime, you know, it's a great day trading market. So, you know, take what the market's giving you right now. All right. We're on the lows of the session here. Uh, the 39.08, that's yesterday's low that ECB news not settling uh, well with the market, uh, just getting away from the banks and everything, uh, the ups and downs of the of the gold and the silver market and Bitcoin here. Is this there? Is that is that uh, the safe? Is it going to go back to being a safe haven or is it just like a, just another another fake move in gold and silver? It's a great question. I, I haven't jumped back into the to the gold and silver market. I'm watching it. Um, you know, probably what I'll what I'll end up doing if I if I think that we have continued strength in gold is you know probably to take a, a small position e either outright in the um, in the metal or maybe in a gold miner. But I've been watching it closely. Um, you know, it sometimes the gold market it just moves so fast, and then once it moves like the for for a couple days, Over net, yeah, then it kind of fizzles. So I'm wondering if this is just another fizzle. Um, you know, it's one of those charts that, you know, that just looks very sideways to me. It seems to be kind of playing the ranges. You know, we came, the gold came down to the 200 day moving average and had like a little bit of a double bottom there and, and rallied. Um, but I don't know if it takes out those February highs. Um, if it does, I think we could get up to like right around 2000, 1993. Um, another market that I'm watching too is just you know what's the defensives have been so quiet um you know the utilities got going yesterday so i'm, I'm actually looking at those a little bit i know it's a very mm -hmm. boring area of the market but you know again it's also you know yield sensitive yes. so you know that and and i'm waiting actually for the healthcare names to kind of wake up a little bit i keep looking at them every day i took a yeah, small it's not bad call 
I took a small position in, in um, Shockwave Medical uh, yesterday just to kind of start a little bit of a position. But, yeah. man, I, you know, I'm watching these things and I'm like, I got to find something that, that looks really good on a chart, not that's just down. So I'm, I'm still watching the healthcare space, um, but it got so beaten up. Um, you know, I don't like when they, when an area just falls apart, like XLV did. Um, but it's stabilizing and right now it could be good for, for a bounce trade. Um, but you know, I, I can, I'm, so I'm continuing to watch this group and, and maybe something will kind of come out of, of this beaten up group that was hot for a little while, but I think, well, you know, going, go ahead. Sorry. But, uh, no, no. I just want to expand on that point. You're making a fantastic point, um, that, you know, these are yield driven stocks. So I think. The way I'm approaching this market right now is I'm assuming that with the current banking environment and what you're seeing with the commodity deflation that you just brought up, which was an excellent point, I'm assuming that the Fed is like one and done here for a bit. You know, if they do the quarter, they do the quarter, and then they're going to say, okay, we're now we're going to sit back and we're going to wait a bit to analyze and get more information on the banking you know, system, obviously, and everything else. But if we're, you know, going under that assumption, that means that, you know, that's good for bonds and utilities trade with the bonds i mean there has definitely been a correlation for years and years and I, again when you start getting a financial crisis it's different and i don't know if we're going to financial crisis that might start to break down but i think it's not surprising that you're starting to see a little bit of strength in the xlu because all of a sudden it's like oh well if the yields are going to start to come back down all of a sudden those utilities look a little bit more attractive so and again to the healthcare sector same thing which you know sometimes is more defensive trades you know with the bonds are seeing a flight to quality i mean the healthcare is pretty good quality there too so i think what you're seeing on the technicals lines up like ducks in a row here with what we're seeing with the global financial picture right now yeah thank, thank you i mean I, I think that's just you know you kind of have to say okay tech is moving now what are some of those other areas that we could see that rotation into uh and and that's that's what's on my radar all right, that's going to do it for us today. Like always, you guys can catch Christian Fomhertz and check out Tribeca Trade Group. Throwing up the link there if you guys want to go ahead and check out where Christian Fomhertz trades every single day, right? Tribeca Trade Group, check it out, team. We'll have you back on, Christian. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. You too. Thanks, Christian. Okay. All right. Uh, just just hovering above the lows of the session, uh, 3908. Nothing there, folks. Uh, where's our low? Where's our low from yesterday? Um that's down uh, in the 80 hand, uh, well down under 3,900. So we'll see what the bulls can do. All right. Uh, let's do like one last maybe earnings to come in here. Do you want to do Dollar General or Adobe? I didn't get to talk about it. Which one well, do you Adobe think? first. Adobe, um, right? Let's go to Adobe. Yeah, and again, Q1. this is flight to tech, man. Value tech. At Q1 EPS, $3.80 beat the $3.68 estimate. Sales at $4.66 billion beat the $4.62 billion estimate. They do see fiscal year adjusted EPS to $15.30, $15.60 on the high end versus a $15.31 estimate. For revenues, they put it right in line there. So keep your eyes on that. Uh, we'll see what happens here in Adobe. It's the kind of stock that works a little bit better in this environment. Again, it all depends on how ugly it gets. Though. So I'd want to would trade. I'd probably trade some stuff hedged if I was, you know, to just jump in here on tech. Because again, if you know we really get ugly, everything will eventually start to roll over, and I'm kind of scared that that could happen. Um, but I tell you, if the Fed is going to pivot sooner than we expected two weeks ago, tech wins on that. So Adobe up 15. I think you buy dips on this thing. 
I don't know if it holds because it doesn't seem like nothing holds a gain for three or four days. But I think you've got to reanalyze at that point in time. Comes back in. It's tried to put in a little bit of a bottom. The 320 looks pretty heavy. Like, it looks pretty solid bottom there. Now you get the good earnings report. I wouldn't fade it. I wouldn't just, like, flat out, oh, no, it's going to go right back down. This isn't a value stock. This isn't, you know, a, a high debt name. This isn't a bank. This is a tech stock that if we're going into a market neutral stance on the, or a, a, a more policy stance on the Fed, where it's more neutral as opposed to in, in this raising rate environment we've been in, tech is going to be beneficiary of that. Man, I just, we, we mentioned this on uh, the closing print. I just can't get this 351 to 353 area. I just can't not focus on that. You had five, six highs in that area. You did get through it in the reg- uh, on light volume when you got up to 357. I just think you got to see if those sellers are, you're at 4930 right now. I mean, to me, you know, it had to, it had to move down. 50% is probably right around 360, but just all those multiple highs in that area. I'd, I'd keep a close eye on this. Where to buy this on a dip? I think that's a little bit tougher, but uh, definitely uh, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. I'll say uh, 450 or 352. You got to make that four star when you have five highs in that same area. All right, team, we're going to go ahead and get into some of our top stock time. We'll get out of Adobe. Let's get to now our Trade Zero segment here on Tops Movers of the Day. All right, here you go, team. We're looking at some percentage up moves. I'm going to first bring up PCT. This is Pure Cycle Technology. Shares are trading higher after the company provided a Q4 update. So we'll see what happens with this one. Looks like 570 area acting as support, 550 uh, low in the intra- in the pre-market towards 7 a.m. We'll see what happens if this could actually get moving here. Let me see on the daily chart. You can see a lot of bottoming right underneath it around the 450s we'll see if this can actually get it moving with a q4 update here pct let's keep going let's take a look at another that one. path ui path is a yes that's exactly stock. which one i was going to bring up yeah and it's and, trading higher here and again some of the kathy stocks are starting to show some life here for the simple reason is that like again it's all adding up you know if the fed is going to go into a less restrictive stance here it's going to be tech that starts to win here. So Kathy could have a good time here. If the market turns around, it's going to be tech and it's going to be growth tech that turns this thing around. So those are the kind of stocks that, you know, I'm kind of scared of to fade right now. So it's a breakout on the charts. Again, this is, you know, not something I'm putting in the long-term investment account here. And I don't like chasing stocks up 16%. But you've got to respect that you are seeing a lot of money coming in even on earnings and I, what were the earnings mitch were they were they good were they bad i never looked this at the this was an upgrade and uh jp morgan no upgrade it had also. earnings last night yeah so earnings with the, it, the like, upgrade the follow-through it's the earnings definitely giving night, it a driver. raise to 18 dollars. that's why i feel like it's up there in the 17s let's give those earnings here uh the earnings were at 15 cents eps beat the six cent estimate sales at 308.55 uh, yeah beating the beat 278.62 uh, guidance forward wasn't too bad. Also lower end, actually higher than the estimate there on the Q1 revenue. Fiscal year revenue outlook also higher than the estimate. So better guidance, nice raises coming in in the morning. 
So it looks like JP Morgan stepping up to the plate also on that one. Um, and they're neutral, but raising price target to 18. What's interesting is they didn't come in with the buy, right? That's also another interesting outlook here. I don't think too many uh, analysts are coming in. They're all scared right now they're in this market, right? right now. I, I'd be scared to short any of these Kathy stocks here right now. And automatically you think, oh, we're going to a tough environment. Let's short all these growth names. Just be cautious with that because you're seeing the sector rotation telling you something opposite. They're selling value and they're buying growth right now. That could continue for the foreseeable future as long as the, the Fed situation you know, doesn't change. Again, if the regional banks start to stabilize, we stop hearing about potential bank failures, that starts to subside. The risk of bank runs starts to subside. This trade could flip right back and those value names could all be buy. But for now, I'm being very careful buying anything. You know, it's got a huge amount of debt and, you know, and some of these growth names actually, and this one was making money. It made 15 cents. So, um, Joel, you got technical on PATH? Joel's on mute. Got to do it once a show. PATH. Let's take a look at it. It's a Kathy stock. Traded up 236. Uh, no the- is what Florida Florida is saying, too. So that fits the bill, man. Again, I'm not chasing here. I hate chasing stocks. But it fits the bill. Like, look to what's reporting next week, and I haven't went that far yet, but maybe you're looking at some of these. There'll be a, a bias here if we stay in this environment. If you got no debt and you're growthy tech, I mean, and there's maybe not a lot of stocks that do that. Maybe, you, you know, you take a flyer on, not, not necessarily options, but that some of these things are, are actually getting bought here, even if they don't have great reports. And this report was pretty good. You got two pesky highs, uh, right where you're trading at the pre-market. One, uh, it's 17.10. And then there's another high at uh, 17.35. After that, things really open up to the upside. We'll see what happens there on that path. This is one that's interesting, at least These are too small. You're getting these little 37-cent stocks here, Mitch. I'm grabbing like the path because that's a bigger. And what we're showing here is the movers. Obviously, this is a nice feature of Trade Zero. Show you what's trading, what's moving real-time what's going here the 37 cent stocks are a little bit small here for what we do on this show i can you know you can talk about this on market movers i try to stay away from the really small penny stock ones but you know some of these other ones that are in there are always it's always it's a nice thing to do is to look and you know people saying why are you doing this feature it's a nice thing to see what is actually you know the stocks some that are moving higher because you know a lot lot of people like to outside Yeah, there's a lot of penny stocks there. So if you scroll down, there was one more on the list. Just scroll down. We're just looking at the big movers. There's a $34 stock on the list. I don't know what that one is. TRMD here. Uh, that's TORM, T-M, uh, TRMD. Uh, that's at $34. And this looks like it's trading up. I'm looking to see if there's any news on it. No, I don't have any news on it specifically. It looks like there was a statement, a Form 6 this morning so that could give it the lift there it's at 34.18 we'll see if it breaks through 34.48 hot inch uh pre-market high will it get to that 34.50 area daily chart as kind of support around kind of the 31s here as we recovered it we'll look to see if we actually get back there into the 32.50 and kind of turn around this downturn as of late uh last one i'll maybe just bring sure. in here tpic at uh, $13.20 uh, right now. Let's take a look here. This one These is- are some companies that I've never traded before. Very but, thin, very thin yeah. on this one. Look at the volume, right? This is only trading, I think 14,000 shares. shares. Yeah, so very small, very thin there. We'll look to see if this gets a little bit higher through the 1328 and continues on Mitch, the daily outlook. Do you have the same tool? Can you go to TradeZero and do the down? 
percent yeah. change as down because that's that. maybe a little more Boom. interesting here too. Let's see what's getting killed here. So they always right. have some penny stocks in there, but then here's one LPSN mm, um, live person FRC. Yeah, and you're trying to get Joel's actually talking. Yeah, um, actually, yeah, I'm gonna hop here in a second, but uh, I have the uh, I believe I'd be talking to the CEO for live person at uh, 3:40 p.m. today. I'll tweet that out later on. But nine o'clock, I gotta hop, guys. I'll let you guys finish things up. Great show, great information. Everyone have a have a good day out there. So you got the live person trading down. I don't know what the headline here is, Mitch. Um, I I do trade the stock every once in a while. Is there what's the headline? Uh, LPSN, I think this was earnings here. Let me go ahead and just pull it up here. Yeah, earnings. Earnings missed, last night. Yeah, missed, missed on sales. Missed lower guide. Mm -hmm. And so that, yeah, that that's definitely going to hurt you, especially with the Q1 yeah. revenue outlook, 83 million on the high end versus 132.18 million estimate. That's a big miss there on the revenue guidance there. Uh, we're talking what, like 40 million, even higher than that. Um, so there you guys see it definitely taking a big beating there. LPSN. Let's and grab of course, the FRC. You see the, the FRC. You this see the, is the, the one. The I, and I, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying about trading this. This is the one to keep on your screen today. This is your market driver for the day. It's this stock is what matters here. There's going to be potential breaking news coming anytime on this thing. Uh, Bloomberg breaking last night that they're looking for a buyer, trying to find a buyer. No buyers materialized here yet, but there's obviously some issues here. The stock is down another 30% here today. Um, stocks don't go this low without issues now. So um, we don't know if there's going to be a bank run. We don't know if the FDIC is going to have to step in here. We're not sure of the situation. All we know at this point in time, they're looking for a buyer. But this is the narrative that everybody is looking. This is the next one that we're trying to see if FRC can survive. All right, we'll see what happens to some of these stocks and the regional banks. Like always, you guys can check out Trade Zero, set up your trade account to access their extensive inventory of shorts locates. Check it out, team. 24 hours support. And of course, if you guys click this link, you guys can get access to this trading platform and get three free months on Trade Zero's flagship software. Check it out, Zero Pro. We'll see you guys, like always. Next time, right here on Pre-Market Prep, any last comments, Dennis? Um, just caution. Again, keep that FRC on your screen. Um, it's going to be the driver here for the day. I'm very concerned about the whole banking situation. I still have a bias of buying tech on dips and selling value on rips here right now because I feel like that's the environment that we're going into. Christian Fromhertz making excellent points as he always does. An excellent follow on Twitter as well. Talking about the deflation in the commodities that we are currently seeing where you know the market is kind of doing the Fed's job. I agree with that narrative. It also means that maybe the utility stocks become more interesting here. The problem is if we go into a financial crisis, the utility stocks get hit too. So you got to be somewhat cautious with everything that you're just jumping into here in, in an uncertain environment. So trade cautiously. I'm trading market neutral to limit my exposure to any you know specific like and, and again even in the sectors i'm trying to trade a little bit market neutral like i did with the oxy xle because there's just so many unknowns overall here so trying to extract a little buffet alpha but you know i don't want to like just be flat out and again in the long term i have a little piece but my trading account i got a lot bigger piece that i keep hedged so i'm trading hedged as much as i possibly can
Can't blame you for that outlook. And like always, you guys can keep up with everything Dennis Dick does at Triple D Trader. And of course, you guys know Joel Alconnan's tag. That's the spoose. Don't miss that. Give us a follow on Twitter, team. We definitely give some nice tweets out there and keep good up luck, with everyone. the markets. Have a good one, Dennis. Go do what you do best, my friend. Get to your trading action. And like always, team, there is going to be times where we do get some sponsorships. So Trade Zero is giving us a sponsorship segment. Like always, hey, this is how we keep this thing for free. Like always, you guys smash the like. Enjoy what we have for you guys right here on Pre-Market Prep. There's no better team, really, to get you guys started for your trading action for the markets. Now to get you guys over to live trading action, as I've been killing it out the water with a little bit of some live trading action. Ryan, Zunaid, we'll keep pushing. We'll see what happens. You guys know I've been doing start swing trading, and I've been doing pretty decent on that show. Uh, swinging some oil short, still got some of those up more than 6% on both positions. And this is two days open on these positions. It's not like it's like, you know, it's been like a week. Not too bad for two days, 6%. Come check it out on live trading. That's coming up next. And like always, check out Start Swing Trading, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. And I do got a great guest on today, Ryan Rosbiani. You guys might know him. He'll be joining us on Start Swing Trading at 3.30. Now to bring you guys over to live trading action, come check it out, team. See what we got for you today. Hit the like button, like always, on the way out.